listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers, brought to you by Cooler Partners, an agency made for manufacturers. Joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing? You know, I wonder if sometimes people wonder if there's going to be somebody else. And then, like, you say my name, and, and it's, it's disappointing because they're you. like, ah, oh, it's just me again. Yeah. Uh, but I'm well. Thank you. I'm very good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, so joining us today on the Cooler Ring is Greg Palmer. Greg is the Director of Marketing at National Nail. Greg, welcome to the Cooler Ring. Well, thank you very much, guys. It's good to be with you. Uh, yes, but Greg, you just started. So uh, you might want to reserve judgment till the end of the podcast. <laughs> okay. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs> good to be chatting with you, Greg. A uh, really... Uh, uh, excited to dive into this conversation because I, um, uh, I, I think you've got a, a lot of interesting things going on at National Nail, and I think there's a, a deck builder in all of us that just wants to use these tools too. So <laughs> anyway, why don't we start by getting just a bit of an introduction um, uh, to you and, uh, and the company? Sure, absolutely. Um, I have been in the marketing uh, world for about 30 years. Um, but I have, uh, at National Nail, we have three product lines, uh, ProFit, which is our nails and screw line. Uh, we have uh, Camo, which is uh, fasteners tools and fasteners for the decking industry, building decks. And then the Stinger line is underlayment and house wrap uh, tools and fasteners. So those are our three, three product lines. And... Uh, I'm responsible for the the marketing, the getting the new information out, the websites, uh, the social media, print, uh, every every piece of communication, public relations regarding those products is my responsibility. And I think, as I told you, I have absolutely no use for a Stinger tool, but I want one anyway. After having watched some of your videos, you know, it uh, I've built a deck, but I've never done any house wrapping. But man, those things are cool. <laughs> Yeah, the whole the whole cap cap nail and cap staple uh, process, where it's a plastic cap about an inch in diameter, and it um, has a nail or a, a staple through it, and it, it seals the uh, the wrap on there, and it can withstand 180 mile an hour winds. So we're we're very proud of that product. It's very cool. Greg, how many people in the marketing department? Uh, we have uh, five folks right now. Um, we have a couple of designers. Uh, we've got a writer, uh, we've got a social media uh, person, and then myself. And uh, we, we also outsource uh, when needed, but uh, between that, uh, those uh, individuals were able to crank out a, a great deal of marketing. Very cool. I think it's always a kind of important context for the listeners to understand how big a team is being applied to this, you know. So thank you for that. The, um, I guess, Greg, what really struck me in our earlier conversations in prepping for today's show is that, um, it, you know, I, I guess a lot of manufacturers, they've, there's a lot of variance out there uh, around the extent to which marketing is included in uh, product development, a part of uh, you know, when, when they become a part of it and to what extent they're integrated with it. Um, and, it and it struck me that it seems at National Nail that it, it's a, a more a marketing-led process than uh, is often the case. And, and, and it's really started with your customer listing. So I'd like us to just get into that a little bit and tell our listeners kind of 
what that journey has been and how you've uh, gone from listening to customers to actually uh, some pretty innovative products along the way? Well, it's, it's really um, important for us. Uh, innovation is really the backbone of the company. We come up with new ideas. We listen to customers and uh, make sure that we are developing products that will make them more efficient, save on time, save them money, uh, versatile, affordable, uh, strong. Those uh, uh, different uh, uh, value adds, we want to make sure um, – we build into our, our process. So listening to customers is really, really important. We, uh, we listen to them uh, when they call in. If our sales staff is always bringing um, information to the marketing team saying, hey, you know, this is something they were asking about, or they would say, wouldn't it be cool if it could do this? And so we're always listening to customers, doing focus groups, um, out in the marketplace with uh, trade shows, uh, interacting with customers is really, really important because you don't understand their pain points until you really talk to them. And then they'll mention something going, well, why are they doing it that way? They should do it this way. So we, uh, we definitely uh, like to listen to our customers and then we start to innovate from there. I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of people would say that they, you know, they listen to sales or they get some feedback through that channel. And, if, and, and I think the trade environment can certainly you know, trade show environment can give you some of that as well. I would say the one thing that uh, part that you said that seems to be a, a bit of a zig where others are zagging, as you mentioned, using focus groups and not, I, I, you know, um, so I'd be curious, that, uh, to what extent do you use that tool? Uh, because it's not, it's not something that comes up uh, as often as maybe it should. Well, we, we use it when we're launching new products. We want to make sure that when we will develop a product and then we'll get it in the hands of our customers. And this is something else that is uh, really important to us is not only do we get it in the hands of customers and let them try it and they give us feedback and such, but we'll do the same thing with social media influencers and other people in the marketplace that can get the word out there. For example, uh, we just came out with a, uh, a drive tool we call the Camo Drive. And it is a stand-up tool to put down decking uh, using your own drill. And it has a edge, face, and clip fastening attachments. So you can do clips. You can put down clips with it. You can put down face fasteners or edge, which is the proprietary um, technique that we've created that actually the screws go in the edge of the board, not on the top of the board. So you have a fastener-free deck surface. And so we were uh, we sent our information out. We sent some tools out to some social media influencers and said, hey, check this out. And they actually shot a video without ever trying the tool. They just put it together and said, this is how it's supposed to work. And it was like a live feed. And the response was unbelievable. He goes, oh my gosh, this thing really works. Look at this. And then he was just going through and showing how fast you can fasten a, a deck down. We say you can fasten decks up to five times faster using our product. Our product. And so I'd be curious, kind of backing up in the process and understanding how, you know, how did the customer insight come to even create that product in the first place, in addition to obviously including customers and other influencers very early on in launch? Well, what we'll do is, is we often get feedback from customers, you know, because they know that innovation is so important to our, our company, always coming up with new and better ways of doing things. 
And so we'll have customers sometimes contact us, give us a call, or we'll be at a show or or uh, just with uh, our neighbors. And they'll say, yeah, it'd be better if I could do it this way or that way. And so we start learning from, from customers. And uh, in fact, the uh, Edge Clip and Edge X Clip for camo, um, we came up with that because we were talking to customers and, and our competitors have clips that put down uh, for groove decking. But you have to do a two-pass. You have to partially uh, drill it into each one of the, uh, the joists and then shove the board in and then go on the other side and partially drill it and then go back and drill it again. And we're talking to customers there. Yeah, it's just, it takes so long. It's like, you're right. It does. But what if we develop a tool or, or a fastener that you don't have to pre-drill it. You just put it on the joist that hugs the joist, like uh, two legs go around the joist, shove it right into the groove. And then you can put them one down at a time then do the next one. The next one, you can do multiple rows. Then you use the drive tool and just put them all down. And they say, yeah, that's great for perpendicular 90-degree decking patterns, but what if you have an angled deck? Well, then we came up with the Edge X-Clip, which actually hugs the inside of the groove of the board. So it's really uh, joist agnostic. It doesn't matter which way the joist or the boards are, are laying. It could be at any angle, and it'll still go down. So it's those type of things that make it much faster, much easier for customers that you know, we saw how everybody else is doing it and going, there's got to be a better way. And then we came up with one. I think that's fascinating. And not, not just from, you know, uh, isn't that cool, you know, a pretty, pretty amazing tools and, and processes. But, you know, I'd like to know how, how your engineering team kind of responds to this sort of feedback and this sort of challenge that you get from your customer. Because it, it is a very different way of creating products, you know, for sales and marketing and, and your other teams to kind of come back and say, Hey, you know, we heard, we heard somebody say this and it was causing them to spend an awful lot of extra time. You know, we, we'd love it if you could figure out a way to make this go faster. You know, how, how, do, how are the engineers kind of take that on? It, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Our, our engineering staff is uh, very talented and these guys, they love to talk to customers and they're always trying to think of a better way. We even, even with the drive tool, we have some other um, offshoots of that that are going to be coming out based on some feedback we got from, oh, what if it could do this and that? And so we're uh, expanding uh, that, that product and doing some other things with it because we keep hearing different things. Well, what if it could do this or what if it could do that? And then we say, okay, let's make that happen. So we may change the nose piece. We may change the length of it, the, the height of it, whatever to make it even better for the customer. So they're always innovating. They're always thinking of other ways of making our customers' jobs easier. I kind of wonder, you know, I, I, I wonder, how, I don't even know if you could somehow research this, I suppose, think that through, but just how could you, in some ways, if you, I think, more clearly communicate um, and demonstrate um, that you're an innovative company, my gut tells me that in some way it makes customers more open at feeding you some of this advice back. Um, does that make sense at all? Or it, it does, because what we've found is that, you know, the customers, when we hear them and we develop products, they say, oh, my gosh, these guys don't just, you know, do with their own thing and don't listen to customers. They really listen to what our pain points are what makes our, our job difficult and how they can make it easier. So 
we have built our entire reputation in the market, whether it's Camo Profit or Stinger, in innovating, coming up with new ideas, better ways of doing things faster, easier. Um, that's that's kind of all our DNA at National Nail. And more so than even being the, the DNA to listen to customers, it sounds to me in our pre-show chat that you're also now bringing this customer listening into a, a new level of formality, if you will, within the firm. Can you tell us at least a little bit about that? I, I know that it's early days. Yeah, we are uh, we're asking customers to, to um, continually give us feedback. We're meeting with customers. We're having focus groups. We're talking to customers, presenting new ideas, um, we'll get a group of customers and we'll say, hey, we've got a new product. We want you to try it out. Let us know what you think. And so we'll give them prototypes of products. Then they come back and they feed it back to us. And they say, yeah, this is good, but this really could be better if you did this because this is why I don't like it. In fact, that's kind of what happened with our, our Stinger products. They didn't like the way the um, the the caps were feeding into the machine, uh, in, into the actual uh, 100 uh, and 150B, the CS um, uh, 150 and the CN 100. So we modified the way the caps actually um, get loaded into the system based on uh, customer feedback, and they love it now because they said, "Well, this is, it's gotten away, and now it's easier to use, and it's faster for me." And so we're always listening to, to customers to try to to uh, hear them uh, and modify things. And then we'll send it out to them, say, how, how does this work? So there's a, a collaboration and a trust between us and our customers. And I'm just I'm trying to kind of just peel out a little bit to what extent that is um, uh, uh, documented and formalized within the organization actually being. Uh, and I know, again, I, I understand it's maybe a bit early days in what you're doing to, um, to I guess, uh, make a, a proper database of, uh, of, 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 of that work. But uh, I guess to the extent that you can tell us anything about that, it'd be great. Sure. Um, uh, well, we're developing a, and implementing a new process, of, a 4D process that uh, goes through the design, the development, and, and the various stages to really uh, make sure that we're hearing the customer all the way through and that we're developing and following processes to get product to market more quickly. We use another uh, tool called story branding. And what story branding is, is that we will actually talk to customers and hear what their pain points are, hear what they need in a tool or in, in a new innovation. And then we will make sure that we map that out uh, in the story brand so that it literally is telling the story about the brand. So it's very easy to understand they can connect to it because these are the key things they've said. We needed to do this, 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 and this. And we make sure that we build that into the story brand process. And so by the time we as marketers tell the story, the customer is like, yeah, that's exactly what I need because that's they, they listen to me. And you've also taken the extra step with the story branding to say, you know, clearly the story for one product is going to be different than the story for another, but they're all going to kind of address those those key five points I think you mentioned earlier, the time and ease of use, et cetera, correct? Yes. Correct. That's absolutely correct. The time, easy to use, easy to understand, easy on your body, versatile, affordable, and strong. 
we call that Tevis. And it's just essentially provides the, if you will, the the, the story backbone uh, that, that is applied in this story branding process. Do I have that correct? That is correct. I think what's really interesting about this, I mean, and we've, we've touched on this a little bit, but just, you know, that the marketing is being co-created at the same time as the product is being engineered and designed. I mean, that that is not a... Uh, that's not the way it's normally done. Normally, marketing is brought in after the fact, and you know, here we've got this new product, and we need you to try and help us sell it. I think it's fair to say that in certain areas of the, I mean, more B two C focused manufacturers, as an example, of course, will bring marketing in more early. Uh, so it, you know, it would vary, but I think a lot of uh, more industrial B two B sometimes it is marketing the afterthought. Yeah, we don't want to beat everybody. No, out no, too it's, bad. it's true. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to raise Greg up. I mean, they're doing amazing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, no, I, I totally agree. Um, oftentimes, marketing is is kind of a oh yeah, and give it to marketing, and they'll put a nice uh, you know a nice message on top of it or whatever. But see, we uh, we make sure that the the messaging is tied in as as the product is being developed, so that we're not. Um, you know, kind of the afterthought, but instead we're early on so that as the product evolves, uh, like the drive tool evolved, it originally was going to be an edge and a face fastening tool. And then as we were developing our new clips, the edge clips and edge X clips, we, along with the clips, we sell, or, or we include in the package what we call a never miss guide, which is a little cone shaped piece that if you're putting it down with your own hand drill, you can put it right down, put the cone on it, and the the driver bit falls into the cone and goes right on top of the head. So it makes it very easy and very quick to put it down. And so our engineers are saying, you know, if we would just reverse that and have that flipped over and put that as a nose piece on the drive tool, now you've got edge, face, and clip fastening that you could do with the drive tool. And it, it serves that same purpose of guiding the driver bit into the top of the head of the the screw which makes it faster and easier to do so we kind of as we're developing one product we're going whoa we can use that on this other product so it uh, worked out really well for us if you're a b2b business don't let the label distract you from the fact that ultimately you're not selling to companies you're still selling to people. Understanding who those people are and how best to reach them should be the cornerstone of your digital marketing strategy. We've created the B2B buyer persona template to help you combine demographics, psychographics, and firmographics to triangulate your ideal buyers. Download it now at bit.ly slash B2B template. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash B2B template. I'm curious, uh, I mean, it's hard to know this probably because you're you're already doing it and, and you're so actively integrated with customers that it would shape the language. But as you're, um, I guess, have you had any uh, instances where um, that early customer listening has really shaped how you talk about the product and, and kind of maybe pushed it to be different than what you originally thought? It- and sometimes that happens when we'll we'll be talking to the customer, and they will they'll give us some language that we weren't planning to use, but it was in their words. It's not what we say that's important. It's how they talk about our product, and what they call it, and how they use it. Um, you know, it's great for you know it's it, 
give marketing people a pat on the back and say, hey, you came up with a good term, but our customers don't call it that. So, you know, it shows how smart we are sometimes. So what we do instead is we listen to customers and we modify uh, naming conventions or whatever based on the language they would use and what they call it and how they can easily use it and communicate it because we want them not only to use it, but also to tell their friends and say, you know, have you tried this thing at Camo or at Stinger or Profit? And that that's how our product spreads in the marketplace. I think it's interesting too. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about sending out some of the, the drive tools and, and other things like that to influencers and getting them to try them out and, uh, you know, um, help, help you promote them and, and give you feedback on them. But you also have a, a fairly rigorous launch process where where you um, you know go to major uh, construction and building trade shows and things like that and, and launch these products. Can you tell us a little bit about the the way the tactics and the strategies that you're using there for for getting the word out once a product is ready for market? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we actually did that at the International Builders Show uh, in Las Vegas this year. Uh, we had the at the Deck Expo, which was uh, several months earlier, uh, we had invited some people into a secret room, if you would, just to show them, hey, this is what we're working on. You know, we want to show you some, some of our key customers to give them the heads up of where we're going with this technology. They made some suggestions. We tweaked some things. Then when we rolled it out at the International uh, Builder Show, um, it was a huge success. We had lines and lines of people three three or four rows deep watching this demo because they have not seen anything like it you've got a a drive tool that you can use your own drill um so it doesn't matter what drill you have we're not selling you a very expensive tool because there's no drill attached you put on your own drill it does edge clip and face fastening so um you know it's it's um a universal tool that can be used for multiple different things and so as we showed customers this, we just had constant flow to our, our, uh, our booth uh, at, the, uh, at the show. And it was, uh, it was really exciting. The uh, customers were real pumped up about what the tool can do. They had lots of questions. We gave some sample tools out, let them try them out, got tremendous feedback from our customers. So it was a really great uh, way to get the word out. And it has just been spreading like wildfire. The, the drive tool is doing very, very well. I kind of like the trade show tease that you just mentioned. There. Yeah. Kind of like the show before the show uh, and uh, showing that uh, product early and getting a bit of uh, probably early buzz, but at the same time helping it sh- shape and guide the final development of it. Yeah, I think that's really neat. Uh, Greg, has that ever... Uh not backfired necessarily, but caused you to uh, to back up and, and perhaps delay the launch of something uh, once you've received early feedback? Uh, there have been some products that we've come out with and that there, there was some feedback that we got and said, well, we have to you know change this or change that uh, and modify it. Thankfully, that wasn't the case with the drive tool, but uh, it has happened in the past. So the, getting early customer buy-in and then finding out what their their pain points are helps you develop even a better tool. So by the time you're ready to launch it to the, the general public, you've worked out all those bugs. I really appreciate the insight uh, on that, Greg. And I wanted to, uh, if we, I think we still have a little bit of time, it would be uh, maybe good to cover off because I, I understand that you maybe have had a bit more of a mix of traditional 
um, uh, ad executions, et cetera, blended in with with what you're doing in online and in trade shows. Um, I wonder if you might uh, take our listeners through that a little bit. It's maybe not something that uh, is as common as uh, it used to be. Well, we um, like to use several different methods of communication uh, in the marketing team to get the word out there about our products. So we'll do the traditional uh, two-page spreads in certain publications that have high visibility in our market to identify uh, our new products. So we'll do print ads. We'll also tie those print ads into online. Uh, We'll point them to our website. We'll point them to social media. Social media points them to the magazines uh, and the other um, the other places that will will communicate the message. We'll also do direct mail to customers. We'll do follow up phone calls. Uh, we'll do focus groups. So we have a, a number of methods that we use, and we don't just use one and say I'm just sticking to print. I'm not doing anything else, or I'm just doing online. We do a little bit of everything to make sure we get the furthest reach that we can. Uh, for our messaging and the information that we're getting. We also leverage uh, social media very heavily, uh, getting customer feedback. They talk to us all the time. Hey, can you send me a test tool? You know, I'd like this, but, you know, we get their feedback. We're always in communication with our customers. Um, and they, they know that we respond and we listen. Because that's, that's part of it is building relationships with our customers and, and really making sure that the products that we launch are of the highest standard so that they uh, will use them and tell everybody that they know to use our products. I'd be curious, have you found, um, uh, to, what, to the extent that you're tracking the effectiveness of any of these tactics, how have you found uh, the effectiveness of, 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 of print, trade, print, print, et cetera? It, um, do you find that waning or is it holding its own for you? It's doing very well for us uh, because it, as some people think, oh, print is dead and you can't use print anymore. Everybody's going digital. People still read magazines. People still, um, you know, take a look at what's going on out there in the marketplace in, in print. So print is not dead. So we use print. Online is, is growing. Social is, is really good for us. Uh, as well as phone conversations. We will call customers. We'll ask them questions. We'll send them samples. Um, having a good core group of people, and like I said, we also have this core group of social media folks that will say, okay, got a new product. Here, I'm going to send it to you guys. Test it out. And then they start on their their uh, iPod channels and, and their other methods of communicating to their bases. Uh, they spread the word for us and help us uh, help us get that word out. So it's it's a multi-layered uh, marketing approach that gets the word out there in however the customer wants to receive it. Very cool. Well, Greg, thanks so much for taking us through that. I think that uh, has really kind of helped our listeners understand how you folks uh, um, have really um, uh, baked marketing in, if you will, to that product development process and then how you uh, see it through. I, I really thank you for giving us the backbone um, uh, of, of the uh, story uh, story branding. So uh, just uh, thank you so much for that. And, and uh, thank you for the introduction, frankly, to, uh, to National Nail, fascinating company doing some fascinating things. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to share with you uh, what we're doing over here is we're very excited about it. All the best now. Yeah, the enthusiasm comes through. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.